Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode 167. What is going on? Matt O'Leary going to be hanging out with you. I want to get into the impact that this New York Jets draft class could have on the 2023 season. I want to talk about Makai Becton not getting his fifth year option and answer your voicemails. But before all of that, a word from our sponsor. The NFL draft was this past weekend, but there was one prospect that was missed. Who was that prospect? It was Manscaped with all that they have to offer. They have the lawnmower 4.0, the beard hedge trimmer. It is two, or they are, two very lovely things that'll help any man out in their grooming experience. Uh, they have the elite downfield play with the lawnmower 4.0, but in 2023, there's the new rookie sensation, the latest, the beard hedger, to ensure that your face is a beautiful one. This one-two punch of men's grooming is the best acquisition for any at-home GM. Use my code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0 for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure to pick yourself up something nice from over at Manscaped. All right, let's hop into today's episode. Here's what I want to get into is kind of go through, as I said, each draft pick and what I think their impact could be for the New York Jets in year one and just beyond for that. So we'll run through the New York Jets start this class off with pick number 15 and they go Will McDonald. Now, did they get sniped on all the offensive tackles? Yes, yes, they did. Did they surprise with the Will McDonald pick? Also, yes. I, I definitely thought that was uh, came as a surprise, but they very much so like themselves a speedy edge rusher. Robert Sala talks about it a ton in this uh, in this situation for the New York Jets. He always talks about how he needs a speedy edge rusher and talked about lining Will McDonald up you know, wide and outside was what he was telling him on the phone. So he's obviously excited about it. But when you look at what Jermaine Johnson was able to do for this team as a rookie, there were a couple nice plays from him. Um, he also made you know a little bit of an impact in the run game, but he was a rotational player who is more than likely going to have a bigger role in 2024. As for Will McDonald, I would expect him to have a similar role in the sense that they're probably going to play 25 to 30% of the snaps would be my guess uh, as a rookie. And uh, I don't see him racking up a ton of sacks. Now, maybe he ends up with more than two and a half just because as a pure edge rusher and pure just pass rusher in general, uh, he is better at that element of his game. Um, while I think that, uh, Jermaine Johnson is more of a rounded player. He's better against the run than Will McDonald is, uh, where McDonald is more just your prototypical, just a speed rusher off the edge. So maybe he ends up with you know a, a sack or two more than uh, what we saw this past year from Jermaine Johnson, but I would expect him to play pretty much, as I mentioned, just like that rotational style 30% with him eventually the hope pushing to be that double digit sack guy uh, beyond that in year two and beyond or eight, eight maybe eight plus sacks. I, I don't know if it's like, oh, you're every single year going to be a double digit sack guy. Uh, I would say in that eight plus range. And he, I would imagine they look at him as a Carl Lawson replacement after this year. I think Carl will be here for this year. He's under contract. Uh, the Jets really like him. Bryce Huff, there's no guarantee that he's back. So I think they view McDonald as that speed, bendy, twitched up edge rusher who can fill that role that those other two guys have had so far for the New York Jets in this defense. Then 
in the second round, the New York Jets go with Joe Tipman, the center out of Wisconsin. And I guess I was a little bit moderately surprised with this one that they took him over John Michael Schmitz. But there's a chance that he starts right away in year one. I would not be surprised at all if we see him starting in year one over Connor McGovern because at the price point in which they brought back Connor McGovern, I think that is uh, obviously implies that he could be just be a backup McGovern that is on this team. Well, Tittman doesn't have to like they are not forced to start him now. That's what the insurance of bringing back Connor McGovern does. So if he starts slow or gets hurt, you have somebody there. But Tittman is a bigger center. He's six foot six, which is, uh, you know, rare to see for a center, but he's crazy athletic and everyone in this Jets class is really, really athletic. So uh, I guess overall, you can't be too surprised that they preferred the athletic center. Uh, maybe he's a little bit better of a scheme fit for the New York Jets, but I do think he ends up winning the starting role is serviceable in year one, like not abysmal, but not, you know, uh, the best center, you know, in, in the world. But with his athletic profile, I think he projects to be a long-term starter at this level. If he could be your 10-year center and you don't have to worry about the position every couple of years, that'd be great because really the Jets haven't found that long-term answer uh, since Nick Mangold retired after the 2016 season. And, you know, he they had Mangold for a decade. Before that, they had Kevin Mawai for a long time. And, you know, the Jets have a rich history of centers, but... You know, in my lifetime, it they pretty much went from Mawai into Mangold, and that was it. And, you know, you're very lucky to have two of the game's best centers. Mawai's in the Hall of Fame. Mangold, I think, could be a Hall of Famer as well at some point. Uh, just an absolutely unbelievable player. Um, and if Joe Tipman could just follow that trend, that'd be fantastic. I, I would love it. Obviously, sign up for that. But uh, a, a good starter for a very long time is where I think Joe Tipman could fall in on this team. Now, they didn't have any third-round picks, so their next pick uh, is round four. Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. I would think he is going to get what they initially wanted to do for Max Mitchell last year. They drafted Max Mitchell to be a developmental tackle. He had to play earlier than anticipated because of injuries, but I would think if everything breaks right, Carter Warren really isn't on the field this year. Uh, They... He he has, you know, he's a pretty good athlete, which is, again, a trend here. Um, but I don't think he is in their plans to be a starter for this year. Maybe he can develop into that at some point. My guess or I get or expectation really is for him to be a swing tackle on this team and or a backup tackle. I, I would be surprised if he earns a starting job, not saying that he can or that it's impossible, um, but at the, when you're taking a center, you know, uh, not a center, excuse me, a tackle at this point in the draft, uh, usually they, they tend to end up being, you know, long-term, you know, uh, potential backups. I mean, they, they took Chuma Doga, who never really ended up panning out for the Jets. Max Mitchell was in a similar, in, in a similar mold there. Uh, Warren, uh, who knows, maybe he would have went a little bit earlier if he didn't get hurt last year uh, in, in the draft. Maybe he ends up being a, a you know, top three pick instead of a day three guy in the fourth round. Um, But my expectation, I'm not necessarily expecting the New York Jets to get someone who's, you know, going to be a a long-term starter. The same 
you know, I obviously spoke very highly on Tipman. I think he is someone who's uh, going to be that guy and be a long-term starter. I don't necessarily think Warren is that for the Jets, but I do think he can be a serviceable backup more than likely. In round five, my probably my second favorite pick of the draft, uh, Izzy Abraconda, running back out of Pittsburgh. He is just insanely, insanely explosive, a true home run hitter coming out of the backfield and has kick return experience, which when the Jets lost Braxton Berrios in the offseason, they were going to, and are at some point, going to have to replace him with someone who could return kicks and punts. McCole Hardman can do it. Bam Knight could potentially do it and add Amanaconda in here as well. I think he has a real chance to be the RB2 on this team this year. Uh, yes, Zonovan Knight was a really nice find for the New York Jets uh, last year as an undrafted free agent. Uh, and Michael Carter really took a step back, but I'm not all the way out on Michael Carter. He was solid as a rookie. He was very good as a rookie, actually. Um, and then takes a step back in year two just add some competition and some depth to that running back room because there's no guarantee that Brees Hall is ready to go and get the full workload early on in the year. Actually, probably it, it wouldn't be smart if they were running him 20 times a game, you know, right off the jump. They, they got to ease him back into it coming back from an injury. <clears throat> so a guy like Aminaconda is just an insane speedster. He fits the system so well, you know, outside zone rushing scheme. Uh, and if holes are opened up for him, he's he's, just, he's an explosive guy where he could just, you know, get through the hole and go. I see him, someone on, I forget who it was, forgive me, uh, in the YouTube comments uh, on my reaction, they compared him to Leon Washington and just, you know, the speed at the running back position uh, and has the kick and punt return ability. I like that comparison. If he can be, you know, a, a solid role player for the Jets over, you know, the next few years and getting that in the fifth round, I really like that a lot, and I, I think we're going to like Izzy. He's going to be a fan favorite from this draft class. In round six, the Jets uh, move back, and they get Zaire Barnes, linebacker out of Western Michigan. I a speedy, speedy linebacker who's not terrible in coverage. That's one of his better traits is coverage ability uh, and just you know awareness around the football. And Robert Sala has shown that he's liked these guys with some speed at the linebacker position. But I, I think this is probably a special teams guy. I don't know if he ever develops into a role where he's playing significant time as a linebacker, but landing someone who could be a key special teamer in the sixth round, like that's where you take your swings and that's where you're able to land those guys, you know, on, late on day three in the sixth round. Uh, and to me, that's what Barnes is. And I would, I would think he's probably a special teamer or a practice squad guy in the first year. And that's kind of where I put Jarek Bernard Converse, uh, the corner who's really going to be a converted safety round six, pick two Oh four, uh, the Jets were able to gra grab him and, uh, again, just really good athlete, has experience playing outside in the slot and uh, probably projects to be more of a safety at the next level. They like those guys and those projects. They did it with Jason Pinnock. Uh, they, he did not make the roster, and then he ends up starting for the New York Giants. I see a similar scenario here with uh, Bernard Converse where they're going to try to, you know, transition to him to a new uh, a new position. First year probably won't see too much of him. Second year is where he maybe, uh, you know, gets into that role a, a little bit more. He also has special team experience, so that could help him, you know, rounding out the back end of the roster or making this team and rounding out the back end of the roster. And the last pick, round 7, 220, 
Zach Kuntz, tight end out of Old Dominion. He was, again, going to be a fan favorite. I can't wait to watch him in the preseason. I think he's going to be so much fun, but just an absolute huge human being and a perfect 10 relative athletic score. So he he runs with insane speed for his size and his weight. I, again, another project. He's in round seven for a reason because it's it's a project, but... I think there's a chance he could develop into a red zone jump ball threat um, with his insane athleticism. Probably a practice squad guy in his first year will light up training camp uh, and the the preseason. And I, I can't wait to see him uh, do that, but not really a blocking tight end. So can't be like your every down tight end, but in, cer- in you know certain packages, pretty much just like a big slot or a jump ball guy. But what I'm very curious to see what he does with the ball in his hands at the next level and how much his insane athleticism, you know, helps him translate to the next level. But of the day three guys, Izzy stands out. Barnes and Bernard Converse don't have a ton of expectation for Uh, Carter Warren, kind of same thing. But Zach Kuntz is someone who I think is a little bit interesting because of that insanely high athletic profile. So really I think Tipman and Zaire Barnes probably have the best chance of making like immediate impacts with Will McDonald being a rotational guy in 2023. But um, this class to me was more about adding needed depth. Warren's needed depth. You need uh, obviously to round out your roster on special teams, which is what they were able to do with Barnes and Bernard Converse. Uh, And they took, you know, high, swings on athletes on really good athletes. So uh, I absolutely get the logic there. And that's how I think they'll have their impact in their first season. The next thing that I wanted to get into, which really came as not much of a surprise, they waited to like seemingly the last minute on this one, but the jets are not picking up Makai Becton's fifth year option, nor did I think they should, Um, you know, to, to me, he, I am rooting for the guy and I think it would be great if the jets get anything out of him this year. Uh, and if you're in a situation where he balls and you're forced to franchise tag him, then that's fine with me. I'd rather be in that spot than guarantee this guy's money for this year and next year when he hasn't played in two years. Did not play a single regular season snap. He got hurt in training camp last year uh, and in his second year got hurt in the first game of the season and was unable to return at any point. Now, when we saw him as a rookie, he was a really good player and an exciting prospect with, you know, how good he was as a run block blocker with his size, just being absolutely dominant on that left-hand side. I would be, again, I'd be absolutely thrilled if he's back and healthy and looks the way that he d- did um, as a rookie, but you can't lock yourself into that when he hasn't stepped again, when he hasn't stepped on the field in two years to me, that's the biggest thing. And I get it. There was mixed reviews online from jet fans. Shocker. We couldn't agree on it. Uh, you had some people said it's worth the risk. He's going to bounce back and be fine. And you'll get him at a nice value deal and for in his fifth year. And then others were saying you can't possibly do it. He's, he's hurt all the time, blah, blah, blah. And I think you have to err on the side of caution with this one. I think that was the right decision to me. There's no way that you could, that I could have, you know, wrapped my head around handing him a, uh, a guaranteed fifth year option. To me, it doesn't make sense after what he's done the last two years. He hasn't been on the field. I liked him as a rookie, uh, but there, there was, there's a ton of risk in doing that. So big year for Makai Becton. I think obviously the goal is that he, 
you know, starts all 17 games at left tackle is great, makes a Pro Bowl. You have to franchise tag him and then maybe find a long term contract extension after that. But, um, you know, that you cross that bridge when you get there. He's got to prove it first. And I think he can if all, all things go right, but, um, you don't want to get burned on that one. And I think you'd be setting yourself up to potentially get burned there. So without further ado, let's hop into these voicemails. First up, Derek from Montana is amped up about Aaron Rodgers. Let's hear him out. Derek in Montana, go Jets. We got Rodgers. Let's go. I met an Emmanuel McNeil who played for the Jets in 1991. He's a defensive tackle. I got to meet him up here in Montana. You guys have a good day. Thank you. Uh, Did not... Uh, did not realize that, uh, Emmanuel McNeil. I'm not really familiar with him. He was there. What year you said in 91? Uh, let's see. Emmanuel McNeil NFL. Okay. Yeah. He was with the jets for one season. He played in two games in, uh, 1990, 89 was with the new England Patriots. He played in a game. Uh, is he from there? No, he's from Virginia, actually. That's cool that you're able to meet him. And yeah, I think you share the same uh, same sentiment that a lot of these Jet fans do. You're amped up about Rodgers? Hell yeah, I am too. It's awesome. Landing a guy like Rodgers and seeing what he could potentially do with the rest of this roster as they're growing. I, I'm i eating up the videos of him being out at the Garden. He's going to be there, or well, by the time you're watching this, he was there with uh, Sauce Gardner at the Knicks game last night. Just things you absolutely love to see. And him talking up Garrett Wilson and all these guys on the Pat McAfee show yesterday is just stellar. Awesome. I love it. I, I, you can't oh, keep feeding me the, the clips, the highlights. I know it's May 2nd, 3rd, wherever you're watching this. Uh, I, I absolutely adore it. It's going to be so much fun. Rez is up next. He wants to talk some, uh, some Jermaine Johnson. All right, let's do it. What's up, Matt? It's Rez from PA. Hope all is well, my friend. Uh, just saw the draft uh, with you guys. And uh, I was a little shocked, but did a little bit of digging after a couple hours. And, uh, you know, putting two, two together. We had a, we have a predicament at edge where we went X amount of years without getting any edge rushers. And now, all of a sudden, it's a disaster. According to our Twitter feed on Jets. Either way, man, I'm all right with it. I know the draft didn't go our way, um, but it's a solid talent. This guy's a solid talent, and um, you know, I just wanted to ask: Do you think this was a premeditated decision? Because we mm. still have to figure out the whole Carl Lawson situation. Obviously, Bryce Huff is on that. Uh, I think it's a second round tender. So. Um, yeah, man. I mean, this might just be getting a cheaper contract on. I I feel like he's a high floor a guy, but he's played all across the line. He's solid, in my opinion. But yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Anyway, so just, man. Yeah, it was more on the edge rushers in general. My bad. I, I don't know why I wrote for my note, Jermaine Johnson, but that's that's exactly how I view it. I think they want to see... Um, or land a guy who they feel can be a long-term player here. doesn't necessarily have to be that huge impact this first year. Uh, but you're right. Like Bryce Huff, his contract is up after this season. There's no guarantee that he is back with the New York Jets in 2024. 
Carl Lawson's contract is expiring after this year. It's more of a you're right. I think a preemptive thing is a good way to is a good way to put it. That's a f- absolutely a fair um a fair wording of it. And he's going to have a role. And on third downs, he'll be on the field and if he's able to get home on third downs and be similar to what Bryce Huff has been in his rotational role in year 1 for Will McDonald and then grow from there, I think you take it. I think you sign up for that and you take it and they're going for you know, a, a championship. And if he is able to help out in that, that first year and just be that guy who uh, is able to make plays on the edge and sack the quarterback, that's that's for me. And a great, great point about bringing up, everyone was yelling and screaming that they've ignored edge for way, way, way too long, which is true. Uh, and now they double up on it. And we're like, well, wait, we didn't want it like that. And, you know, maybe it was a little unfair for our re- reaction. And I was... I didn't love the pick. None of us did on the on the stream. We were all very, very surprised. And then the, we've talked ourselves into it a little bit more. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a wait-and-see game for me. But I, I think his athletic his athleticism is going to be fun to watch, at least very early in his career. Max from New Jersey has his draft grade. He is not very happy about it. Okay, let's do it. Hi, this is uh, Max from uh, Holmdown, New Jersey. And here's my thoughts on the draft, especially round one. Round one, I'm going to give it an F. And the reason why I'm giving it an F is because I wanted the Jets to draft it. JSN. JSN was still on the board, and we drafted Will McDonald. Here's the problem. We have too many edge rushers. Like, we do not need edge rusher. We need more a wide receiver. And even though we have a stacked wide receiver core, Elijah Moore, he played in the clay spot. He looks, he's gone, so we have no slot receiver. So it just didn't make sense to draft an edge rusher who's in number 15. It was, and I was talking to other Jets fans. I was at the draft party. Other Jets fans didn't even like the pick. Like, to not like the pick, this feels like a Woody Johnson pick. This is, is a pick that I feel like Joe Douglas did not want to make. I think he didn't want to make this pick because it was a Woody decision. He wanted to happen. He probably wants to draft JSN because he was still on the board. I mean, lots of. Will McDonald busts out and Jackson becomes a star. I'm just pissed at the first round. What round one alone is an S. I mean, Joe Tipman, I mean, he's decent. We do need center. We need to protect the offensive line. I think that was a good pick, but I am so pissed at the Jets for round one because I could have probably played a smarter GM job. If I was a GM, I would draft the JSN in two minutes. What's your thoughts on this? And go Jets. That was hilarious. What happened? I thought we wanted uh, Anthony Richardson. He wasn't there, shockingly. But JSN, okay. Why would the owner who just spent money on Aaron Rodgers be pounding the table for a wide nine edge rusher? Let's see. Let's let's think about this for a second. Between Woody Johnson, Joe Douglas, or Robert Sala, who is part of a uh, a team and an organization who went to a Super Bowl on the backs of a defensive line that they spent numerous first round picks on over and over and over again was maybe a little bit overkill. Maybe you could, it's debatable, but it, it worked for them. Of those three. 
the most likely to pound the table for Will McDonald is Woody. No, this was obviously a Salah guy. If you look up Robert Sala, edge rusher, what he and build one in a lab. Why do you think he? Why do you think he likes Carl Lawson so much? Because of his speed, his bend, and what he can do on the edge. Carl Lawson's only under contract for one more year. The plan is for Will McDonald to be a situational guy in his first year, come in, and then eventually take over in that role, because he is a different style rusher than what Jermaine Johnson is. Uh, who is more of, a, I mentioned it earlier, more well-rounded guy. He's a, a run defender. He's not as twitched up, not as bendy, all that stuff. And again, this is not even me saying that I like the pick and I that agree with it, but in a, an, uh, an F and that it, it's a Woody Johnson pick is hilarious. It's, it, it's, it, it's genuinely insane. If they, I thought they were going to take either Kalijah or JSN. They surprised me. They did surprise me. But you talked about your the edge room being stacked, which right now it is. But you have, again, potentially losing Bryce Huff and Carl Lawson after this year. At the, your top four wide receivers this year are going to be uh, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Mecole Hardman, who that's your slot replacement, and um, Corey Davis. And they'll rotate those guys around, and they could use Corey as a big slot. Uh, and, hell, they used Garrett Wilson a ton in the slot. So there's probably going to be times where it's Alan Lazard and Corey Davis on the outside with Garrett Wilson in the slot. I get it. JSN's an explosive guy, and if they made that pick, I would have been like, okay, I get it. I totally I understand why they went that way. But I don't know. That I think that is a complete overreaction. Um, and it, it, hilarious that uh, that would be a Woody Johnson pick. Woody, an owner pick would be someone who wants to make a big splash. Will McDonald is the opposite of a big splash. Bizarre. Uh, let's go to Devin in Vegas up next. He wants to show, speaking of Woody, polar opposite. He wants to show him some love for the last little bit here. All right, let's do it. What's up, Matt? Uh, Devin from uh, Las Vegas. What's up, man? Calling in, man. Um, today, man, just wanted to give my flowers to Woody Johnson, man. Um, so, you know, I know uh, deservedly so. You know, Woody's gotten a good amount of criticism uh, over the past years. So, you know, I definitely understand that. But um, he's been a breath of fresh air since he's come back um, to the Jets this time around. Um, with an attitude like he's ready to win. Uh, he knows that he's not like the main football guy, so that's why he hired good hires in uh, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, um, which, by the way, um, I was a little interested on the draft, but, you know, I've come around to the point where, you know, I trust their vision and I trust their plan. You know, it was a type of draft where there wasn't necessarily, like, clear uh, first-round picks or second-round picks, you know what I mean? So true. I don't mind that, you know, they picked their guy in Will McDonald and that's true. Uh, Pittman and all the other guys. So, But uh, going back to Woody Johnson, man, um, something I thought was so awesome during the draft is, uh, so first off, they had uh, the Make-A-Wish kid, um, Kyle, I believe his name is, uh, come out and, you know, uh, hype the crowd up, you know, as much as he could. You know, I'm sure there was a little bit of a letdown for some people when they heard Will McDonald's name instead of uh, <laughs> that was Nick awesome. Jigba up there. But, um, no, nah, man, I thought it was really cool that they gave him the opportunity. And then also the, um, the Jets, one of their other picks, 
like a day two pick or something like that. Um, they did it from their international headquarters in Britain, I believe. Yeah, from London. UK, I but, yeah, yeah. You know, that's cool too because, you know, a lot of football teams, first of all, you know, I'm sure that their involved with Make-A-Wish, but for, you know, the Jets to have a Make-A-Wish kid come up there and have that opportunity, I thought that was so cool. And then also to, you know, flex kind of their international flag, you know what I'm saying, and uh, have a pick be called from the U.K. Like, that's cool, too, because a lot of other teams don't have that, man. So, um, yeah, today just want to give my flowers to Woody Johnson, uh, Salah, Joe Douglas, Hackett. But importantly, man, Woody Johnson, because uh, when the owner wants to win, man, that's usually when, you know, things start happening because, uh, you know, look at Robert Kraft, you know, look at some of the other, like how he, uh, the owner of the Eagles, whatever, like guys who are really involved and want to get that, that trophy, man, you know, that just inspires the whole team. And if your boss is as hungry as you are, you know, it kind of lights the fire under your ass. So yeah, just wanted to say kudos to Woody Johnson, man. I love the direction we're going, man. I'm excited to hear your thoughts and opinions too, brother. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the season, man. It's like we got a good squad, good front office finally. So let's go, baby. Uh, have a good one, brother. You take care. Thank you. I appreciate the call, as always, my friend. And great point with showing Woody some love. Uh, listen, I'm not the biggest Woody Johnson fan. I will say I think he's done a pretty good job since he's returned uh, to the New York Jets. And I think it's smart that they have, you know, Joe reports to Woody. Robert reports to Joe, and up the line you go. They don't have the, what we were calling it, the triangle of doom, the triangle of death, whatever the hell we were calling it, when both the GM and, and the coach reported to the owner, and there was that power struggle. It was just silly. It was stupid. But he's giving the money that it was necessary. He he cleared the Aaron Rodgers trade, and you're right. He's It was so awesome for them to have the Make-A-Wish kid up there on the stage. He was electric, by the way. That was my favorite part of the draft, just seeing him up there yelling and screaming, doing the Jets chant. Uh, from the headquarters, they did the the fourth-round pick, I believe, Carter Warren. And the second-round pick, they had DeBrick up there making it. And, you know, he's gotten the alumni involved. And he's... Again, I, I still I don't think he's going to be perfect, but he is giving them every opportunity. It's when he gets his hands involved and makes some you know silly decisions. Um, for instance, I'll give you a few examples. Uh, these would be good examples of Woody Johnson getting his hands involved, not Will McDonald, but uh, getting forcing Brett Favre on Eric Mangini. Firing Mangini after one after that 2008 season, uh, trading for Tim Tebow. Those were examples of Woody wanting to get involved uh, and make things a little bit more on the hectic side. Let's go to Travis from Ohio, who I still owe a cartwheel to. I forgot to record it. Um, that's on me. We will. I will get a cartwheel in here, uh, but he wants to talk about the NFL draft. Hey, Matt. What up? Travis from Ohio. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. Knocked it out of the park again with you, Ryan, Green Bean. Crushed the draft night. I watched you guys all weekend. It was awesome. Thank you. You guys did another fantastic job. I thank you. Justin Nation, thank you. Um, I, I'm kind of in the boat that everybody else is, I guess. All the other reactions, like, 
getting to learn who we got. Like, there's excitement there for the potential because you never know. Uh, I'll admit, in the last draft since we've got Joe Douglas, like, this is probably my least favorite on paper, but I didn't watch as much college football last year either, and we didn't okay. have seem to have as many picks. We definitely didn't have as many high picks. And there's no way we're going to have basically four first-rounders like we did last year <laughs> unless we super suck again. So We don't want do that. Want, I mean, to win some actual games and not be picking at the top part of the draft every year and drafting guys that might bust out. Like, a lot of our top guys did anyway. So... I, I actually, it's a weird place where we're actually drafting for depth because we had, I'm not saying we we don't have holes, but it doesn't look like Swiss cheese like it has in the past. And if anybody out there is pissed, dude, we basically got drafted uh, Rogers with this draft. I mean, he's going to be a yeah. Hall of Famer. We haven't had a quarterback forever so we got we got rogers with this draft how do you how can you walk away pissed off at that i don't care for two three years whatever like that solves the problem so anyway go jets and this is the first year where i can't see a whole lot of undrafted free agents making the team because we don't completely suck Good job. Love you. Bye. <laughs> uh, thank you, Travis. I appreciate you checking in. And one, hanging out with us. It's a blast. I absolutely love doing the draft stream. It's a lot. I, I think we're on for 17 hours in the three days. And the three days just fly because it's like, all right, stream Thursday night, sleep back at it Friday. And then you like, next thing you blink and it's Saturday at noon again and you got to go and that's the marathon that's like the seven hour stream and you're just like at that point we were delirious by the end it's always day three is always a hilarious time but uh you're right it's not it's different because in Joe Douglas's first uh draft he had I got pick 11 which is I guess comparable to pick 15 but it was his first one so that was a little bit different it was his first draft so that vibe of that was different 2021, they were drafting a quarterback and had another first-round pick. This past year, or, or the, the the 2022 draft, they had two top 10 picks, uh, so that was always exciting. And then they traded back up into the third into for a third first-round pick, and then they had Brees Hall, uh, you know, high up in the second round. So that uh, nothing is going to beat that one on paper and how we felt after, but. This was an okay draft class. It was fine. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't abysmal. It's it's a fine draft class. And we'll see how it pans out. I graded it as a B minus and like um you know, I, I that's the the draft grades immediately after. Some people say, "Oh, it doesn't mean anything. You got to wait 2 to 3 years down the line." Which is true to an extent. Yeah, but I think it's interesting to compare what the overall consensus was or your feeling on a class initially and then you know you go two years or three years down the line and make that difference for instance i liked the 2020 class initially now it's not so good 
because I, I liked Makai and Denzel. I thought those were I thought Denzel was someone who could have went in the first round. I thought that's phenomenal value getting Denzel after trading back from forty eight. Hasn't worked. He hasn't been good. The rest of that class kind of petered out, but you know it, it it is what it is, kind of a thing. But thank you, Travis. Again, I do owe you a cartwheel. Uh, we'll get that in one of these days. Um, and I'm with you. It's you don't want to suck, and it's also valid to mention that you got Aaron Rodgers in the in all this too. So major win for me there. Let's close out with Vinny calling in from Peekskill. Hey Matt, Vinny from Peekskill calling. You know. Monday after the draft wrapped up. What's up, dude? I'm feeling pretty good, you know. Look, the first round was a bit of a bummer, you know. New England kind of screwed us by trading out the Steelers to, yeah, so that bit. they could take Broderick Jones. But end of the day, I still like the pick, you know, like the player. That was good. And getting getting a much needed center in the second round was nice. You know, I thought overall we had a very good draft. I'm feeling confident about it. Love that. Although, once again, sorry about your Islanders. Yeah, that was and not if fun. If you are time. actually interested in going to that Islanders meet and greet, there's already in that mall, there's already in that mall that's really good, but right past it is this really nice Puerto Rican joint. So you can actually try some Puerto Rican food <laughs> instead of me just sending you pictures of it. But that's off topic. Anyways, you know, now we just wait till football season begins because... Not much else for us to talk about, and go Jets. Thank you, V-Man. Yes, um, I did see the date of it that you sent me for this Islanders meet and greet uh, up by you is, uh, unfortunately, I have a, I'm doing a charity walk that morning with uh, my, through my girlfriend's company, so I will, I will unfortunately not be able to make it up. We'll take a rain check on that, uh, but I'm in on the Puerto Rican food. Send that over, and if I could find a good spot, I would love to get some. Um and, I, and now Rangers fan join Rangers fans join me in my misery. Uh, those teams out, Devil fans celebrate. Um, but as far as it goes with the NFL draft, it did feel like uh, New England screwed you a little bit. Thank you, Bill. They tend to do that. I like Tipman as well. And May and June might get a little bit in the quiet time, but. We're going to dive into these prospects a little bit more. I'm reaching out to um, just a little preview on this one. Uh, I'm reaching out to uh, some journalists who covered these guys through the through their college career. I want to get a little bit more insight on some of these prospects that the Jets just landed. So be on the lookout for that on the YouTube channel. Uh, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, give a like. Subscribe if you're not already. Comment, share with a friend. Appreciate it. If you are an audio guy or gal, uh, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It really helps. I appreciate all the love and support that of there. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Just Jets. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary, and I will catch you next time.